Speak your truth. I am back with Dr. Matthew Raybard for a part two. I'm super excited, and so is he. So let's jump right into it. Dr. Matthew, how are you, bud? I'm doing great. Excited to be back for part two. Yeah, me too, man. All right, so tell us more about your book, Lead Like a Pro, and why did you write that book? Yeah, so, you know, I wrote the book because, you know, during my time as a, a college basketball coach, I increasingly felt like I was being asked to wear more and more hats, take on more and more leadership responsibilities for my student-athletes, and I didn't necessarily have the background, the experiences, the knowledge to be able to fulfill all those roles and really support my athletes in the way that they needed. And I was always looking during my career for leadership training opportunities and resources, but a lot of them are geared towards management or uh, a lot of the resources are, are leadership resources from other professions are working with populations like young professionals or managing teams. There's not a lot of resources out there that are specific for coaches and not just coaching a basketball team or a football team or a baseball team, but coaching your specific sport and meeting the needs of what your kids are. And, and as coaches, you know, we have to coach on the court. We have to, um, you know, do a lot of work with X's and O's and strategy and film and recruiting. But there's so many other roles we have to take on. You know, we're a friend, a mentor, a confidant. Um, you know, we're listeners, we're support systems. And that takes a, a, a more complex and nuanced uh, leadership background and a set of leadership skills that, you know, I always felt like I didn't have as a coach. And I felt like a lot of other coaches, you know, felt similar to me. And that was really a, a big inspiration for me writing the book was just to provide coaches with resources, support, information, tools to be able to take on that, those increased leadership roles that they're being asked to for their athletes and teams. I love it. So you saw a problem and decided to solve it. I love yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Yeah, I think it's, um, like you said, there's so much out there for um, business people, entrepreneurs, but not for coaches. And while you may be a great coach and someone who can strategize very well, I think the key thing is the leadership and being able to connect with each of your players, like you said. So I'm very grateful that you did that. Definitely going to have to grab it myself now that I'm starting to get more into coaching and training. I, I think it'll help a lot. Yeah, and I think particularly for young coaches, new coaches, um, you know, for coaches who would maybe not their full-time job, you know, high school, teach, high school coaches are also teachers, youth sport coaches, rec coaches. You know, there's even less resources, and it's not your, necessarily your full-time job, what you're devoting all of your time to. So I, I feel like you're at even more of a, of a disadvantage than I was as a college coach where this was my full-time job, all of my experiences are going towards this. And even if there aren't a lot of resources for me, I'm at least learning kind of as I go on the fly, but I'm getting a lot of that training very quickly. Um, so, you know, I really wanted to make sure to provide, you know, just all coaches with that opportunity. And 
you know, particularly for young coaches, I think it's so valuable to learn the importance of leadership, viewing themselves as leadership, viewing all their decisions as leadership decisions immediately because, you know, I know that was a mistake I made as a young coach was I kind of walked into coaching and thought, well, you know, these, what I'm doing on the court that's coaching, that's not necessarily leadership. And I didn't realize, you know, that's the same thing. You know, when I give a, an athlete an instruction, that's how I communicate that, the words that I use, you know, the, the, the intonation of my voice and my positive or negative, all those are leadership decisions. And it's the same thing off the court. You know, how available I am to my athletes, you know, is my office door always open? Am I inviting them in to talk? Am I reading some of their verbal cues? Am I asking questions when I think things aren't okay? You know, all those have to do with my leadership. And it's one and the same leadership and coaching. And I, for too long, I viewed myself as a coach and not necessarily as a leader. And that's why I really want to make sure that coaches know that there is no difference. As a coach, you are a leader. All the decisions you make are leadership decisions. And, you, you know, you gotta, it's important for them to view it through that lens, not just through a coaching lens, which can be very sports-specific or very focused on on-the-court or field, X's and O's. No, it, it's all about leadership. It's all about supporting your athletes both on and off the quarter field. And in order for coaches to do that, you know, they, they need some resources. For sure. Where did that self-awareness come from for you to look at yourself and say, okay, I'm not just a coach, I'm also a leader? Um, you mentioned being a friend, a confidant. Where did that self-awareness come from? So honestly, it came from early in my career having some leadership failures. You know, I, I definitely was a you know young coach who was very passionate about coaching. It was my dream to, to be a college basketball coach. And, you know, like a lot of young coaches, you know, I thought, well, I've got all the answers. I'm going to be the next great coach. Uh, and I quickly realized through, you know, some humbling experiences early in my career where, you know, some, some uh, veteran coaches – um, sat me down and said, look, you know, a lot of what you're saying might be right. How you're saying it and your approach to saying it is wrong. You know, a lot of what you're doing with the players is great, but how you're, how you're communicating it or how you're not considering the needs of each individual player. It, so what they did was, was they, they did a, what for me was a very fortunate leadership technique of they kind of, built me up a little bit before tearing me down. I think it can be the other way, and that could be really detrimental for young coaches. For sure. But I did realize from those circumstances, you know, I'm not this great, perfect, polished coach, and I can't just brashly go and give my opinions or communicate in a very, you know, maybe direct way or demonstrative way. I, I need to consider the people that I'm talking to if it's other coaches, you need to consider their experience and background and be humble to that and know that they have, you know, kind of more time as a coach than me and be willing to listen first. Uh, and then with the players, again, to say that, look, I, I can learn from the players. There needs to be mutual trust and respect. It's not all about listen to me, um, do what I say. It's about me also listening to my, my, my athletes and us building a relationship. So it was definitely some, some kind of humbling experience early in my career, realizing that 
you know, I need to make some changes in, in how I communicate, how I, how I build relationships most specifically, and how I interpret, understand, and focus on the needs of other people, coaches, um, you know, student-athletes, support staff, uh, whoever it is, and, and really try to understand what they need and fit that as well into my leadership practice and make it a priority. So uh, it was definitely those things early on that, that really kind of shaped my understanding of leadership. Uh, and I was really fortunate that, you know, I had that communicated to me in a way that, that thankfully I responded well to. Yeah, I love it. So let's let's talk about those, or let's say um, there are tons of people who wouldn't have responded at all or not very well to that. How imperative was that application of knowledge for you, though? So it, it was so important because I realized that, you know, early on in my coaching career that in order to meet, for me to have success and longevity, one, I, I couldn't do it alone. I couldn't teach myself everything about coaching. Uh, I couldn't um, be a successful leader without getting the input of others. I couldn't learn, grow, and develop unless I also observed and talked with and picked the brain and had conversations and was coached by you know, successful coaches who had more experience and had you know, uh, established a track record of success. So, you know, I, I realized early on that it wasn't about, you know, me coming to the table with a bunch of answers to try to prove myself as a coach. It was about, again, one of the main reasons I got into coaching, I wanted to be a part of a team. Well, I needed to be a part of a team. I needed to accept coaching the way I wanted my athletes to accept coaching. I needed to be willing to critically assess myself the way I was asking them to. So it really stemmed from this um, kind of understanding that, you know, I, I really need to be willing to do the things I am asking others to do. I'm asking others to listen to me. I need to listen to them. And that, that's had a huge impact on my leadership moving forward. That that's a, a foundational element of my leadership style is I don't ask people that I work with or people on my team to do things that I'm not willing to do myself. And that's not just tasks. I think oftentimes people think, well, I'm not going to ask somebody to, um, you know, clean the gym floor if I wouldn't be willing to clean the gym floor myself. And yeah, that's it. That's important. But it's also, I can't ask others to listen to me if I don't actively listen to them. I can't ask others to support me if I don't support them. So I, there's there's the, those two sides of it. And I needed to learn that, that, that emotional um, side of it, that relationship side of it. And um, that took me a long time or it took me, you know, several years early in my career to really understand that but I'm really fortunate that I, I, I figured it out. Definitely. Very. It, it's taken me a while. A lot of people saying that I'm getting it young. I think I've waited way too late to get it. Um, but I definitely agree a thousand percent. Practicing what I preach has made me completely change my outlook on, one, the way I live my life. And also, uh, I can't coach anybody. I can't tell anybody anything if I'm not doing it. What kind of person would I be? So, it's helped me a lot. Um, and, you know, the, the stuff I'm telling people to do is actually really good stuff. And, again, it's changed my whole life. So my own coaching. So very, very grateful, uh, like you said, to to recognize that and that self-awareness is, is key. In our last interview, you mentioned coaching a player who struggled with their mental health. Share that story with us. So, you know, you know during my 
career, I coached you know players from a lot of different backgrounds, um, from different parts of the country, and um, I had a uh, a student athlete who, uh, when I was working at Chicago State as a coach, who um, he was an international student athlete, and he had um, he had been in the states for a few years. He had been at a couple of schools. And he came to us as a junior, um, and in his second year with us, um, you know, he was a student athlete I had a really good relationship with. Um, he was from Russia, so, you know, from, you know, obviously very far away, um, you know, hadn't really seen, I think his family, his family has been to the States, um, you know, just a couple of times in the past four or five years that he had been gone. Um, you know, most of his family he wasn't really able to see or was difficult to communicate with because of the time difference. And, um, and we, we built a, a really good relationship, really great kid, just always smiling, always had a fantastic attitude, so personable, just a, a really great, great young man. And um, I started to notice, you know, kind of during – during the middle of the season of his senior year that his demeanor had kind of changed and that he didn't seem just, he just didn't seem to be himself. He wasn't smiling as much. He wasn't stopping by my office to chat as much. He seemed a little distant and, um, you know, but I kind of thought to myself, you know, he's not playing a lot. It's his senior year. We weren't playing very well as a team. I kind of, I kind of answered the questions I should have been asking him mm. for him in my head. So instead of asking, you know, what's going on? Are you okay? What, you know, and him telling me it's about playing time or the team or whatever it was, I answered those questions for him and I kind of, you know, let it go a little bit. And then after it had gone on a little while longer, I actually asked uh, a couple of his friends on the team, which at, at the time I thought I was, I thought that was a, it was good because I, I didn't want to pry. I, I thought this must be something a little deeper because it's going on for so long. I thought I would ask his friends and they kind of, you know, kind of clued me into some things that were going on with him, some struggles he was having. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought at the time, you know, okay, I have this information now. I know there's something wrong. What should I, what should I do with it? You know, how do I approach this? Because I, I kind of realized as soon as those those players told me that there was something wrong, that I had made a mistake by not going to him uh, immediately. And, you know, one of the worst things you can do when you've made a mistake is obviously continue to compound it. And I, I wanted to kind of make sure I was there for the, the student athlete and be supportive. And because I realized that I had really lacked a, a, a lot of empathy by not going to him in the first place. And, you know, I, I just, I decided that I needed to, first and foremost, I needed to reach out to him. And I, the first thing I needed to do was apologize mm. um, for not being empathetic, not being supportive, not coming to him directly and asking and allowing him to say whether or not he wanted to talk about things. And so, you know, I, I, I asked him, you know, to come to the locker room. I, I didn't even want him to come to my office. I felt like that wasn't even right. Um, I wanted to meet him somewhere, you know, that he could feel really safe, like the locker room. Um, and we just, I just told him, I, I apologize. I, I know something is wrong. I told him, you know, how I hadn't said anything. 
um, and had gone to the other players because I, I felt like I kind of missed an opportunity to speak with him. And, um, you know, he kind of sat there and, and listened and internalized it. And, um, you know, I, I said at the end, you know, if you, if you want to talk about it, then I'm here to talk about it. If you don't, then we don't have to. We can talk about it any time. It's up to you. But I just want you to know that I'm here and this is what I should have done all along. And, you know, we, he just, he started talking. You know, he, he, had, um, he hadn't been home in, in five years. He had lost uh, a relative who was very close to him that he hadn't seen that entire time. He was really struggling with it. That had really opened up a lot of wounds um, in terms of being away from everybody. Um, and he was just having a really difficult time with his mental health. And, um, you know, he didn't, you know, he, he talked to some players on the team. But sometimes, you know, talking to your peers can be extremely helpful. Other times it helps to talk to, to other people, have different perspectives. And he was just, he had just been very hurt that, you know, I, he had been coming around and, and I realized after he was, that was his way of reaching out to me was by coming around and, and, and not being himself and kind of making that clear to me that he wasn't. And then after a little while, not coming around as much, that was his way of reaching out. And I had seen it and I hadn't, um, I hadn't been empathetic to it and I hadn't done anything. And it was a really, um, it was a really difficult time for him and I had really felt like I failed him and um you know we talked and and we you know our our relationship was still really good after that I think it took a little time to for him to kind of you know feel like I was really there supporting him in the way that he thought I would have been all along and you know I just I learned a lot of just really important lessons you know just the, the importance of empathy the importance of, you know, not, not jumping to conclusions, not answering questions, you know, for other people, uh, you know, making sure that, you know, if I've done, if, if I have relationships that, you know, I, I go directly to those people and ask them how they're doing, what's going on, do they need anything in a, in a very non-pressurized way, but, um, you know, and that, you know, the most important thing is that, you know, my my student athletes know that I support them. They know that I'm there for them. And that can't be something I just say, can't be something I just think in my head. And I do when it's easy. Um, Cause it's, it's, you know, when it's easy to do those things, you know, that's not um, as necessarily as impactful or influential, but when it's, you know, a time where you really feel like something's wrong to really step out there and be there for somebody is not easy. And if I was truly going to do that, then I needed to practice that. And, um, you know, I just, I realized a lot of really important things and, um, you know, but it was a very, it was a very humbling experience. And it was one that has really stuck with me for a long time of just an instance in my career where I felt like at that time I failed one of my student athletes, which, you know, honestly, it's really, um, really the worst feeling for me. I mean, it's, it's worse than, uh, it's, you know, a hundred times worse than losing any game or, or anything like that. Just knowing that you kind of failed one of your student athletes is, is really tough. And, um, but it's definitely, a, you know, one that I had to learn from and have really been very focused and intentional on, on not replicating that, those mistakes. 
That is, man, extremely impactful for me as a as a young person and young coach hearing that. Um, and also as a former athlete, it makes me, um, you know, basically I'm still waiting on some of my coaches to have that conversation with me. And to know that there are coaches out there who care as much as you do about the player as a person, um, that makes me feel better about getting into coaching because for a while I didn't want to because I felt like all coaches, or at least most of them, only cared about the athletes as athletes. And that's unfair to us as people because there is way more to us. Um, And just asking those questions are so key and even being brave enough to open that door um, is so commendable and I have so much respect for you as a person and a coach because not everyone does that. Most people don't and it takes a lot to look inside. I I know because I've been doing it and trying to figure out how I can get myself going on a personal level but yeah I have so much respect for you um, so much because that is awesome and I'm sure that if he didn't appreciate it then he will definitely appreciate it later in life because he'll see that there are many people like that out here. So, you know, thank you for being who you are, seriously. Well, you know, I, I, again, I, I really appreciate it. That means a lot. I think, you know, as coaches, um, you know, the most important thing we can do is build relationships and provide support for our student-athletes. And I, I think particularly, I think that's important for coaches at all levels. I think it is it's paramount for coaches at the collegiate level where you have athletes at a really um, important and um, impactful time in their lives, you know, 18 to 22 years old. Maybe you're away from the first time. Maybe you're you're away from home, away from your parents. You're on your own. Uh, You know, college basketball is, you know, or any college sport is very competitive. There's a a lot of demands on your time, plus the collegiate experience as well. Um, so I think it's a time where you know, athletes need a lot of support, and it's it's so important for coaches to build those relationships that are person to person. They're human relationships that transcend traditional player coach relationships because those are the ones where if you've built those relationships where there's mutual trust and respect between you and your athletes then when there are these situations or others where your athletes need support, you know, you can really be there for them and they'll know that you are actually there for them. It's coming from a genuine place. And that goes both ways. Um, you know, when I've, I've had so many times, I've been so fortunate that I haven't, you know, I haven't been doing great. You know, I haven't been feeling like myself and I've had athletes ask me how I was doing, how are you, everything okay, coach, what's going on? It goes both ways, and those type of relationships are the most meaningful and I think are the most amazing um, when you're a coach. Yes, that's beautiful to have that type of relationship with your player and then, you know, as a player with your coach because it's like your second family, you're, you're, you know, you're like their dad while they're there. So to have that from you and some of them may not you know have grown up with their fathers to have that from a male figure is awesome for those young guys and like I said they're going to remember that forever and be impacted by that forever do you think that you would handle that situation differently today and how so so you know I do and you know when I've had those types of situations happen since then um, 
like I had that type of relationship uh, with my with an athlete. Um, I've just gone to them. I've just you know I've I've said you know based on kind of just you don't seem like yourself or um, I just get the feeling uh, you know whatever it is and I just ask them you know is everything okay? But I, in that same question, I do say you know. But you don't have to answer. I just want you to. I, I, it's almost like I just want them to know that I'm asking, uh, because I don't want there to be any pressure. Because sometimes there could be kind of that pressure. Well, coach is asking what's wrong. I have to tell them. Um, so I think it's really important that coaches create a safe space for their athletes to acknowledge and um, kind of say that okay, it seems like something is going on. I care about you. I care about what it is. If you feel comfortable telling me or you want to tell me, then let, that, that's great. If you don't, I, I want you to know that, you know, I, I'm, I'm acknowledging that something might not, might not be right, and I want you to know that I'm there for you. And that can also be very impactful. Yes. Um, it doesn't, not everybody wants to talk about it, um, and that's fair. But it can be very helpful for people just to know that somebody recognized it and that they're there for them and willing. Absolutely. Because um, that could take a big weight off. So I try to just create that safe space for my athletes where they, they know I'm there to talk about it with them or and support them. But, you know, if they don't feel that way, at least they then know that um, there's somebody who cares and supports them uh, and is willing to talk about it when and if they're ready. For sure. So what about those players that may not want to open up or you and them don't have that relationship necessarily? What would you do with them in this situation? Yeah. Yeah, so, you know, I think I think I, I take a similar approach. Um you know, I think one thing I do with athletes, if I don't know that the athlete very well, if we don't really have that relationship is, you know, I'll, I'll definitely extend the offer to listen, to be supportive, um, but also make sure that I'm providing other resources and possible support systems for them. Um, yeah, I would do that for all my all athletes, but for athletes that I don't really have, feel like I have that relationship with and I don't want to overstep, I'll make sure that they know that I'm here and willing to listen and that there are other people, you know, on the staff, part of the team, within the athletic department, the university, who they may feel more comfortable talking with, but just make sure they know about all the different resources and opportunities to talk with people. Um, I think that's really important, particularly when you might not have that relationship where, you know, if the athlete's going to feel comfortable opening up to you about something that they're going through, uh, it's still important that they know you're willing to listen and be there and be supportive. But I think it's also important that you, you let them know that there are other avenues and other people that can listen and other resources for them and that you're willing to help them um, link up with any of those people or resources as well. Definitely. Matt, you're awesome. Thank you for joining us tonight. Speak your truth. That is Dr. Matthew Raybard, author of Lead Like a Pro. Is there anything you want to leave us with before we go, Matt? Uh, you know, this has just really been a, a just awesome conversation experience. I uh, love what you're doing. I think you're doing fantastic stuff and uh, excited to see where you take things and um, just, you know, 
everybody, uh, you know, having the opportunity to speak their truth, I think is a wonderful thing. And I really wish that for everyone. So thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And absolutely. I appreciate you. speak your truth listeners did you enjoy that episode if so send the link to a friend rate review and subscribe and don't forget to head over to our youtube channel and leave a comment want to get in touch with our guests check the show notes for their contact information thank you for tuning in and i hope you have a blessed day